0: There is a measure in Los Angeles on the next ballot to help the homeless by providing them with vacant hotel rooms.
1: A requirement that all hotels in the city of Los Angeles call in to the city every day at 2 o'clock and report how many vacant rooms they have that night. And then the city will refer homeless individuals to the hotel.
0: Nobody would want to be in those hotels anymore, It's
1: completely unworkable. And what will absolutely kill the hotel industry, do you want to plan a convention in Los Angeles, knowing that this could be the law? Why would anybody take a chance that this could pass and have to deal with it?
0: My guest today is Susan Shelley, editorial writer for the Southern California News Group and vice president of communications for the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association.
1: I think there are an awful lot of people in Los Angeles who are leaving for other counties and for other states because of this sense of just chaos in the city?
0: Will hotels in Los Angeles be required to accept the homeless and provide them with rooms? What other measures will be on the next ballot? Let's find out in today's episode. I'm Siamai Korami, welcome to California Insider.
1: Thank you very much. It is great to be here.
0: We want to talk to you about some ballot propositions that are coming up in LA. Some of them sound a little bit strange. There's, <laughs> a, there's a hotel tax, it's there's a hotel It's a program. hotel
1: ordinance. It's a, it was an initiative. It was put on the ballot by the union that represents hotel workers. And this is, I like to, I like to think of this as from the Kidney Dialysis School of Initiatives. You know that kidney dialysis mm-hmm. measure that's on the ballot again in November for the third straight election? Well, what this is, is a union trying to harass the companies across the bargaining table from them. And the hotel ordinance is really the same thing. The union that represents hotel workers wrote this ordinance, which is cartoonish in the way it is trying to harass the hotel companies. It does three things. It requires them to get a police permit to operate, like there's some sort of traveling carnival. They have to get a police permit to operate, which will have all these conditions on it, and if they violate any conditions, it can all be shut down. The hotel can be shut down because it violated some condition in the police permit. This has never happened in the hotel industry that I'm aware of, certainly not in Los Angeles. That's in the measure. Something else in the measure is hotel developments would be much more difficult to approve because there'd have to be hearings on whether the land was better suited for affordable housing. Well, if you buy the land for a hotel, why should you be put through a process to see if it is better used for something else? You bought it for a hotel. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is the one that's gotten all the attention. And that is a requirement that all hotels in the city of Los Angeles call in to the city every day at two o'clock and report how many vacant rooms they have that night. And then the city will refer homeless individuals to the hotel with a voucher for what they say is fair market value, and the ordinance says that the hotels must accept the guests and the vouchers.
0: So how's that gonna work? Like (laughs) in a hotel, (laughs) you have uh, so homeless people coming in. Theoretically,
1: uh, the way it would work is you'd check into your hotel at at three o'clock, and then sometime after four o'clock, someone from a homeless encampment would check into the room next to you, and then, I usually not a lot of respect for those little signs that say no smoking and the other things that go on in hotels. I don't know how, obviously it's not going to work. And beyond the fact that it's crazy to ask a hotel staff to provide services for people who are coming out of a homeless encampment, the whole thing is crazy. It, <laughs> The purpose is to harass the hotel.
0: There's no services, because they tried this for Project Room Key, and they had the services.
1: Project Room Key was different. Project Room Key was they they rented the whole hotel.
0: And then they... they And they
1: turned it into a service provider.
0: uh, They didn't really put them with the guests. and Nobody would want to be in those hotels anymore, It's
1: completely unworkable. It's not intended to be workable. And what will absolutely kill the hotel industry is that this is on the ballot for 2024. Do you want to plan a convention in Los Angeles for 2024 knowing that this could be the law? Do you want to plan a convention for 2025 in Los Angeles? This is a gift to Orange County and to surrounding counties in Southern California. Why would anybody take a chance that this could pass and have to deal with it? And obviously it makes the whole industry uninsurable. I mean the insurance policies are not written to 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 provide a to provide coverage for a mix of homeless encampment and business traveler. This is not in the model. Because some
0: of the homeless have mental illness and and drug addiction. It's
1: very, very, it's a sad story, really. I shouldn't laugh. It's a sad story. There are people with untreated mental illness, people with substance use disorder, people who are victims of domestic violence. There are all kinds of different people who are in that situation, in addition to people who are just financially in trouble. But the people who are in the tents are not they're not the people who are in financial trouble for the most part because people who are in financial trouble can get help and they can rely on friends and they can rely on relatives and they can be on somebody's couch and they can get assistance and they can get their lives together but people who have untreated mental illness and untreated substance use disorder that's something else they're So essentially
0: the these are the people that would be kind of put in the hotel rooms and Perhaps And what is? Now, how does a ballot like this come, how does this come together? Who puts it on?
1: Well, Californians have the power of initiative, and the union that represents hotel workers wrote this initiative and collected the signatures to qualify it, submitted it to the city. Then the city council had two choices. They could either adopt it as written without any changes or they could send it to the ballot for voter approval. And that's what they did. It was too late for the November ballot. Uh, They could have called a special election, but that's expensive, so they scheduled it for the next regularly scheduled election, which is March 5th, 2024.
0: And what about these union workers? Do they think they can handle this, or is there any another story behind the scenes? You know,
1: truly, I don't think the union has any intention of implementing this. I don't think it would withstand a court challenge. I don't think that they are In my opinion, they are trying to harass the hotel industry with all of these measures that require more government approval of everything they do and more mitigation fees. One of the things that California does up and down the state, state statewide and locally, is they create, they essentially make some part of your business a crime or a violation of an administrative rule. And then they make you do mitigation because running your engines For instance, if you're a refinery and you're running your engines, you're in violation of the climate rules. So you have to pay some sort of a fee as a permit to emit greenhouse gases. It's a mitigation fee. It's a a permit for emitting greenhouse. You can't run your refinery without emitting greenhouse gases. And they're going to define that as a violation. And they're going to require you to buy a permit to do it. And if you don't buy a permit, you're in violation and then they can make more penalties, more mitigation fees. They do this to developers, they do this to businesses, they do this to everybody. It's illegal to do such and such, but if you pay us, that's okay then. And this, this has been going on in California for decades. And it's one of the reasons that businesses are just up to here and leaving.
0: So the unions, they're not really intending for this. They want this to pass, and they want to negotiate. What do they intend I, to I do? think
1: they probably want to negotiate, or if it passes, they want to create some sort of mitigation scheme where you can, you can make a donation to whatever and get out of it. Uh, but certainly, it's completely unworkable. As I said, it would make the hotels uninsurable, and it would, it would destroy the business in Los Angeles.
0: Does it seem short-sighted because people would not want to invest in LA? It
1: and, and, and
0: it would eventually hurt the same unions that are trying to do this. Probably That's the big hotels probably won't want to come anymore.
1: That's a very interesting point. How does it affect the, the union members? And I think you're exactly right. It doesn't affect them very well because if fewer hotels are operating in Los Angeles, then there are fewer jobs. And at some point, it's bad for the members of the union if you crush the industry they work in. And that's what's happening.
0: Now, there are other measures as well that are coming up. Can, yeah. you, can you point out which measures are coming?
1: <sighs> yes, there's a parks tax. This is on the November ballot. This one is particularly annoying to me because in December of 2021, council member Joe Buscaino put forth a motion that said we need $2.1 billion to restore and upgrade our parks because we're doing the Olympics in 2028. And we have to spend money to upgrade our parks and we have to start right now for the Olympics. So the city council considers it and they add a couple more motions and they say, well, we wanna do this and we wanna do that. And now it's at not 2.1 billion, now it's at 4 billion. And then they said, well, you know, we also need to do the LA river and a few other things. Now it's at six point something billion dollars. It's going to be $227 $227 million a year in property tax increases in the City of Los Angeles. This is Proposition SP, S like a dollar sign, P as in parks. And it will be on the November ballot. If it passes, property taxes will go up $84.14 per thousand square feet. So if you have a Per year, right? Is per year, forever. For 30 years? For 30 years. Or forever? A- well, for 30 years, it'll be 84 14 per 1,000 square feet, and then it might drop if they finish all their projects. Uh, it would drop, but it would continue permanently at the, at the I think, um, $22. I can't remember the exact figure. But it would, it would be, I think it's permanent, and it's this huge tax increase. Now, they're saying it's necessary because a, an old parks tax is expiring. That was Proposition K. And that was almost 30 years ago. And it's supposed to expire, and your taxes should go down. But Proposition K only raised $25 million a year. And this is $227 million a year, almost 10 times as much. And what are they going to spend it on? If you read their ballot argument, it says homelessness. We're going to spend it on homelessness. This is ridiculous. They're not spending it on homelessness, they're spending it on the Olympics and this massive LA River project which is the idea that they're going to take the LA River out of its concrete channel and make it natural and beautiful and it's this huge huge long area very expensive at one time i think it was i think it was reported that it was going to cost a billion dollars probably more now and that's what they're going to spend this on the olympics and the LA River the LA River is it might turn out to be like the 6th street bridge you know they spent half of Geez, I think it was five hundred million dollars, six hundred million dollars on the Sixth Street Bridge, and it turned into a stunt show for people doing donuts in their cars, getting haircuts. Still haven't
0: been able to open it.
1: It's become a police incident. Now, what's the LA River going to be?
0: Also, PROP HHH that got passed, one point two billion dollars, hasn't been. Do you think the City Council in LA has much credibility now to? to raise this kind of money and actually?
1: I don't think they do. You know, it's, it's there are certain things that poll very well and I guess parks is one of them. Homelessness obviously is one of them and parks must be one of them. But what they're actually doing in the city, interesting you mentioned credibility, they're diverting the money that we already pay for parks. In the city charter, the parks are funded by a percentage of property tax revenue. But what the city decided to do during the great recession 2007 2008 somewhere in there they they decided they were going to charge the parks and recreation department for water and electricity and for personnel matters and for trash pickup and for general city services like that they don't charge any other city department for water and power their their city departments is part of the operating budget now for parks and recreation they charge them and they're pulling tens of millions of dollars out of the budget every year since the Great Recession, diverting that money. And then they come to the taxpayers and they say, we need to do maintenance on our parks. Look how they're falling apart. Well, why are they falling apart? Because the city council diverted the money. And now they're coming to you and they're saying, we need the money and it's for homelessness in the parks. This is just a tissue of lies. It's absolutely deceptive. They're raising taxes, they're trying to raise taxes. Proposition SP, $84 and change per thousand square feet of your house every year for the Olympics and the LA River Project. And they're not even telling you that.
0: Can you talk about more about this polling, like if, if an idea sounds like, so they say homelessness and parks, these are popular. Are the politicians figuring out how to see what we're
1: You're exactly right, you're exactly right. Here's how this works. They want the money, they get a consulting firm, which they pay for with tax money. That's something that they can pay for out of their budget with your money. They hire a consulting firm and they do polling. Okay, how much would people pay if we say it's for this? How much would people pay if we say it's for that? What if it's on property? What if it's a sales tax? What if it's a business tax? How does it poll? And then they think about who their voters are. You know, maybe a business tax wouldn't be good for their campaign donations. So, okay, we're sales tax or parcel tax. What do you want to do? And they have to go to the voters because of Proposition 13 in 1978, which said local taxes must be approved by voters. And thank goodness for that because they want to raise taxes all the time. There will be a lot
0: of taxes going, yeah.
1: Anyway, it's all the time, even with Prop 13. But at least they go on the ballot and they give us a fighting chance
0: now what else is on the ballot there's two other ones right
1: yes there's initiative ordinance ula another one for homelessness now 1.2 billion dollars in bond money borrowed money to build homeless housing was approved by la voters more than five years ago and then a sales tax increase was was approved by la county voters that was measure h measure hhh was the bond the borrowed 1.2 billion Measure H was a sales tax increase to pay for services because the bond money was for the buildings and the sales tax increase was for the services and it was all for homelessness. These have been in effect for five years. How's it going? (laughs) It's worse. (laughs) Everything's worse. So what's ULA? This is another initiative. This was put on the ballot by the groups that will get the money from it. They paid to collect the signatures. And what would it do? It's a tax on real estate sales. It's a tax on real estate sales of any property that is worth more than $5 million. It's 4% on a property of 5 to $10 million. It's 5.5% of the sale price on a property that's $10 million or more. Now, who does that affect? They're saying it's a mansion tax and it only affects the rich, but it actually affects commercial property. It affects apartment buildings. Who's gonna buy an apartment building with this extra 4% or 5.5% sales tax on it in Los Angeles? So this is going to make real estate more expensive for businesses. If a restaurant is purchased and it's worth more than $5 million, if a shopping mall is purchased, if an office building is purchased, and who pays that? It's passed through as higher rents if it's an apartment building, higher prices to consumers if it's a business. There's no way around that. It's inflationary. And what are they gonna do with the money? So they're raising taxes on real estate and it's gonna go to these homeless developers and service providers.
0: So can you tell us uh, more about these providers that were able to put this initiative on?
1: It's developers who say they wanna do affordable housing and they wanna have an income stream, they wanna have the revenue, to, that's dedicated to their projects, and it's various service type organizations that provide services for the homeless. Now we already have in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority. And if you look up the salaries of the people who work there, they're making six figures for pushing paper across a desk, or digital paper across across a screen. They're making six figure salaries. Where's the improvement? It's It's a disastrous waste of money. It's a bureaucracy that has failed. So here's this group saying, well, they're not giving us enough contracts. We want our own contracts. We want our own money. We're gonna raise taxes on real estate sales, call it a mansion tax, and take all the money from it with our own governing board.
0: Can they do that? Is that-
1: uh (laughs) If the voters approve it, they can. So, vote no. <laughs> on so, <U-L-A>. essentially,
0: they're <laughs> coming in, and these are nonprofits. Are they nonprofits? They're
1: nonprofits. They're non governmental organizations.
0: So, they're not really governmental organizations. They want to come and take this tax right. and take the money direct Is it going directly to them?
1: It goes into this fund that they're creating, and then they control it with their board of governors or board of directors or board of trustees or whatever they're calling it but it has a 13-member governing board. None of the people on the governing board represent taxpayer interests. It's not like a bond oversight committee where one, one seat on a bond oversight committee is a taxpayer representative. Not in this. Not in this. They're all people who know how to take government money and put it into projects, and that's...
0: So it looks like if this goes through, also people would not want to invest in L.A. This is Definitely. another...
1: It's another Uh, disincentive to invest in Los Angeles. It certainly makes it more expensive. It's a 4% tax on real estate sales over $5 million, and that affects commercial property. It's especially harsh on tenants, which I think people don't realize because it's going to be called the affordable housing something. But actually, for privately owned apartment buildings, it could make rents go up in the future because when those buildings are purchased, they're 4% more expensive, or 5.5% more expensive. So tenants in privately owned so buildings will So essentially the more.
0: tenants will have to pay for it. Right. The L.A. residents will end up paying for it.
1: One way or another. You, you, if, if the taxes are higher on the sale of restaurant properties, then the owner of the restaurant has a bigger set of costs to overcome, and it's going to be in the pricing. How can it not be? There's no other source of revenue for a business except prices, right?
0: But the way it's presented, it's going to be presented that hey, it wouldn't affect you guys, the lay residents. It's just those people that it's have It's just the 10 those people.
1: It's just the people in the mansions. They can afford it. It's not the people in the mansions. The number of mansions is very small compared to the number of commercial properties in that price range. So this is just a tax increase and it's particularly nasty because when there's a loophole that the Supreme Court in California created in a case involving a cannabis collective and the city of Upland and the Supreme Court, they created this, this distinction between ballot measures that are presented by a city council or a governing body and citizen initiatives. And in creating that distinction, certain politicians around the state said, aha, We don't have to abide by the two-thirds rule if the tax increase is put on the ballot by citizens. If the city council or the board of supervisors puts it on the ballot for a special purpose, it's gonna need a two-thirds vote to be approved. But if a citizens group does it, according to this Upland decision, maybe not. So far, the courts have been agreeing with them.
0: So there's a lot of groups trying to come in Exactly. And do these tax increases. And do
1: these tax increases. There was one in Manhattan Beach in the primary in June. Uh, This was a $1,095 parcel tax, which means if you own a house, an extra $1,095 a year on your tax bill. A year. A year for the schools in Manhattan Beach. And this was put on the ballot by the people who were gonna benefit from it because specifically in the measure it said it has to be used for salaries. (laughs) so there you go we're we're going to create a tax we're going to put it on the ballot we're going to take the money from it because it has to be spent on us so yeah we'll be knocking on doors and collecting signatures guess what happened it not only it didn't make it not only did it not get two-thirds it didn't get a simple majority I think it finished with a third of the vote and so that was defeated and another one in Kings County same trick for firefighters Uh, and that also went down to defeat like 60 sixty forty or 70, So 30. the
0: unions have become very aggressive in terms of, uh, right. right. at so some point they might hurt themselves in the process. I think so,
1: and, and really from the point of view of the elected representatives, they can kind of view this as they're taking away our power to tax those same people for what we wanna do. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they're encroaching on our, air, on our territory here with these tax increases where they're gonna take all the money. And that's what's happening. Uh, under this Upland decision, They're asserting that things like measure ULA, which is the real estate tax for homeless services, uh, this, they're asserting that this only needs a simple majority. Under the state constitution, it probably needs a two-thirds vote if the California Supreme Court ever decides to rule on that and clarify it, or if there's another ballot measure that clarifies it for them, uh, it would need a two-thirds. But right now, they're saying- They can get it
0: by 51%. Exactly, 50% 50 plus plus one one vote. Now, what else is there? There's one more uh, ballot measure as well.
1: The mobility ordinance. This is is a new one. You probably don't remember this, but in 2015, Los Angeles passed a mobility plan 2035, which was the stupidest thing you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. What it said is that the whole city has to be bike lanes, just bike lanes everywhere because we must have multimodal Transit. So whether it makes sense or not, we need bike lanes on the curb and then bollards to protect the bike lane and then we'll have the parking lane and then we'll have the traffic lane and we won't have any turn lanes in the middle and this is progress. So they passed this plan, Mobility Plan 2035, and right there in the city council when they're talking about it, there's a lot of hesitation. So the proponent, who was Mike Bonin, who is now leaving the city council, He said that this was very important because it's important to slow traffic enough so that if people get hit by a car, they won't be hurt so badly. This is what he's arguing. And then he argued, and Herb Wesson, who at the time was on the city council, and now is off again, uh, he argued that there was nothing mandatory about it. That every one of these projects would have to come back and the city council representatives would have to approve it in their district. It was just aspirational. It was just an idea. It was just a plan. Seven years have gone by, they've done nothing with it, and the activists with the bicycles are very upset. So (laughs) they qualified a mobility plan measure, and here's what this would do. Every time the city repaves a street, it has to put in bicycle lanes. Even an eighth of a mile, it has to implement all this stuff from the mobility plan, which was aspirational, now it'll be mandatory. So that's on the ballot also, March 5th, 2024. So what
0: does, is that gonna help the traffic or is it gonna hurt the traffic, what is it gonna do? It
1: sounds crazy to me. Uh, You know, traffic is an old science and there are traffic engineers who can tell you how to make intersections safe, how to make turn lanes safe, how to time traffic lights. This is being overrun, The, the engineers are being overrun by the activists who are saying, we must have bicycles because climate change, or we must have bicycles because whatever the reason, fairness, equity, we have to have bicycles. So now you have bike lanes, you have electric scooters, you have electric bicycles, you have all of these different types of transportation on the sidewalks and the streets. And the sidewalks, by the way, are also being used for restaurant space and street vendors and, it, and homeless encampments. No wonder they're cracking up.
0: Susan, let's say if all of these ballot measures pass, what could happen to LA?
1: (laughs) Well, it wouldn't be good. um, If the hotel ballot measure passes and the hotels have to report their empty rooms so that people from homeless encampments can come and be in them that night, that will destroy the hotel industry, which will destroy the tourism industry, which will destroy all the adjacent industries, so that's not good. And if the parks tax passes, then people who are already squeezed to pay their bills will have to come up with an extra $84 and change per 1,000 square feet of their house every year in property taxes. So if you own a 1,500 square foot house anywhere in Los Angeles and that parks tax passes, in 15 years you will have paid $1,893 and change, almost $2,000 for that so people are squeezed right now to pay the bills and putting groceries on the credit cards and renters
0: are gonna have to and renters will will have to
1: rents will go up because property taxes go up so yes and and it becomes something that we all pay and people in government it's like oh it's only 84 dollars but you know that's a lot of money when it's (laughs) you add it up and you add it to your other bills and you're having trouble and your tax bill is going up and why is it going up for no good reason so that would be very harsh on people. And if measure ULA passes, same problem, this will cause rents to go up, this will cause prices to go up because it will build in this extra tax on real estate sales for commercial property, including apartment buildings. So that's terrible. And the mobility plan measure, if that passes, we're just going to have crazy construction everywhere that no one can control because it will be the law that bike lanes must go in whether they make sense or not. And, and that will take lanes away, and that will cause a loss of parking on the streets and more traffic problems. And it's just, we will be crazy on autopilot if all four <laughs> of those pass.
0: So from what you're saying, essentially these activists in different groups, whether they're in the unions or whether they're whatever cause they're, they're, f- they're kind of trying to bypass the politicians right. to go directly to the voters. Exactly. these ballot measures and and get the money or whatever they need
1: exactly and and they can they can invent their own tax they can direct the money to themselves and if they spend enough money on the campaign they can fool people and this is really kind of the danger because if you have enough money to send out glossy flyers and do tv commercials and say this is for the homeless this is going to help this is going to solve whatever problem is polling at that moment as the top problem if you spend enough money, you can probably trick the voters into passing, things like that. They may come back at you and repeal it later, that can happen, um, but it, it creates like a building sense in the city of Los Angeles of chaos. I think it does, and, and the, the sense that the elected officials can't do anything or won't do anything, and the streets are being overrun with crime overrun with homeless encampments that it isn't safe to walk the sidewalks and that all this money is going where where is it going they keep raising the taxes we have record budgets we had a huge budget surplus in sacramento we got all this federal money for covid relief where is it and why are they still trying to raise taxes it's very frustrating to people and i think there are an awful lot of people in los angeles who are leaving for other counties and for other states because of this sense of just chaos in the city.
0: Now is there a reason for people to stay and change this course?
1: I hope so. I hope so. It it can be done. You can do a lot with grassroots politics. Just as you can do mischief with the initiative process, you can do good things with the initiative process. Um, but it takes organization, it takes, it takes money, it takes willingness uh, to stand up to people who say, oh, you're just cruel. Well, you're not cruel to wanna have a functioning society where everybody is safe, where businesses can thrive. That's not cruel. You, it's not cruel to say we need a society where businesses can hire people so that they can advance themselves, so that they can do the work they wanna do and make a living at it and buy a house in California. That used to be possible. Why is it not possible now? It's not possible now because of policy choices that are making it impossible. Just to take one example, why isn't there more housing built in California? It's because of the climate agenda, which says that anytime you build housing in an outlying area, that causes climate damage, that that sprawl and sprawl is bad for the climate. And now it's the law in California that vehicle miles traveled is an impact under CEQA, which is the state's 1970 environmental quality law. What that means is, if you're going to build housing in an outlying area, you have to mitigate the damage that you're doing to the climate by causing people to live in your area and drive to work. That's considered damage. That's not damage. To have a house and a job is not damage. And by defining it as damage, they're causing the inversion of all of our values. Everything that, everything that people want and want for their children is being defined as a problem for the climate. And this is unsustainable. The people who talk about sustainability, this is unsustainable.
0: They're making it unsustainable. They're making it? it
1: unsustainable.
0: Now, do you have any other thoughts for our audience?
1: I just think everyone should become more informed and involved. If you're not already a member of the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, please join because that's one of the organizations that does grassroots work for taxpayers. So that's at hjta.org. I'm proud to be affiliated with them. Read the paper, you know? Get yourself a subscription to Epic Times, read the paper, stay up to up to date, read the Orange County Register, read the daily news in Los Angeles. I'm on the editorial board of those papers, and proudly so. And we do everything we can to inform voters about what's on the ballot and what it really means. And beyond that, what we could be doing instead, because a lot of these problems can be solved with better policies.
0: Susan Shelley with Howard Jarvis Association. It was great to have you on California Insider. Thank
1: you. Great to be here.